Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello, I hope that you're having a great study of God's glory during this glorious month of October. We look around us, at least in the southeastern United States and along the eastern seaboard, and we see an amazing painting of our world being done by our Creator this month, and it is a great time of year in the southeast to be studying about the glory of God. It's a great time wherever you are to be studying about the glory of God, and I am very encouraged by those pictures you're posting, by the amazing scenes that you're photographing and finding that are just great illustrations of passages straight from the Psalms that we've been studying. It's a great encouragement to me, and it is a wonderful fellowship that we have in the family of that God, our Creator, who has adopted us into his family and in that way the meek inherit the earth and i'm so grateful this month that i am an inheritor matthew chapter 5 of the earth of our great and glorious god i want to just thank you for encouraging this glory study for posting those one lady wrote to me this even today and said that i i love the sky i love psalm 19 and so i've just collected all of my pictures of the sky and i've created an album and i've posted that album onto my computer and playing it i believe through a television so that as i walk around my house and think about god's glory this month i can just look at that and i can be blessed by constant evidence in my life and reminders of the weight of the creative genius of our God. That is a wonderful, wonderful and encouraging uh, letter that I got today. This is also the time of year that Cindy Colley has allergies. And I know that many of you do. I think it's worth it to be uh, able to be uh, kind of a testimony really to the changing of the seasons that God promised in the early part of the book of Genesis when he said the sun and the moon and the stars will be for signs, for seasons, for days and for years, and that this will continue till the world comes to an end. I'm just um, in awe of the beauty that is all around me. My husband and I have a little convertible that we like to take out this time of year and we're looking forward to having a leaf day when we go somewhere i don't know where but it will you won't have to go very far to see the beauty of the leaf, changing leaves that is all around us in our world today i want to take just a minute and it won't be long today but i want to take a minute to talk about the other side of the glory debate and that is the academic world around us that doesn't pay any homage to our God that would in fact disagree that our God even exists and that there is even any designer of the world in which we live and I believe that it, we would do an injustice to our young people who are facing the constant barrage of information from 
the non-believers, those who don't accept the fact that our world was created by a genius designer, a superlative, I, I believe we would do an injustice to them if we didn't take a minute and I realize this is going to be from a layman's point of view, but if we didn't take a minute to put out some common sense there about the other side of our society, which would deny the existence of any God worthy of any glory, and they would deny that the heavens declare His glory. I sat across the table recently from a young girl who came to me at, I guess, the request of her family, and we began to talk about some immorality that was occurring in her, her world. And really, the bottom line, though, was this. She had come to a point in her life when, in which she did not really believe in God. But most tragic, her statement was this, I don't really know, but I don't really think it's important. I don't really care. Well, when we are detecting that situation in the lives of our children or our grandchildren, we have to do our very best to arrest it, to cause the individual to care enough to examine. As I said in this situation, it is not wrong to doubt. In fact, it can be a positive thing to doubt if we decide we're going to be people of integrity, do the homework, and find the evidence for truth. It can be a great faith solidifier when we go through that process, but it is absolutely wrong to doubt and be lazy and not examine evidence. So today, just for a minute, I want us to think, and really this is, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a PhD, I don't even have a master's degree, I'm not a philosopher, I'm not a paleontologist or a geologist or a paleoanthropologist or any of those things. But there are some very common sense, simple things that we can observe, and I just want us basically to do one of those today and hopefully it will increase our faith in God of glory, but at the same time it will also give us a rational yet simple argument that will help us when we have the opportunities as we will have in our world today to talk to young people, even children, about the doubts and the academic pressure that they will face to reject God. So I just want us to start out by saying that evolution, the belief in evolution, is an amazing phenomenon in our world today. It's a belief that is just dogmatically defended by the big scientific world, and that is all in spite of the fact that there is no observable evidence for macroevolution. Well, Cindy, what do you mean by macroevolution? And what's the difference between macroevolution and microevolution? Get this, because it's important that you know this. Microevolution occurs. That is, changes 
within species. That's why we have poodles and German shepherds and chihuahuas, and then we can mix those together and we can get dogs that are kinds of doodles and all of those um, joint names. We get all of those, but we don't get half dog, half cats. We don't get dags or I guess we could say, no, we would say dats or cogs. We don't get those because there are no observable intermediates between species. And there are none of them in the fossil record or around us today. That is very important. If it were a real process, then evolution should still be occurring and there should be lots of transitional forms in between species. But that's, that hasn't ever happened. Leading evolutionist Jeffrey Schwartz, he's, uh, I think he's the chair at the University of Pittsburgh, and he says it was and still is the case that with the exception of Dobzhansky's claim, a claim, about a new species of fruit fly, the formation of a new species by any mechanism has never been observed. I just want to say something really quickly that as a homeschool mom, I know. I taught this over and over and over. If you're going to do a science experiment, it's based on a, th a thesis. You decide what you want to prove, and then you set out to prove it by observation, something you can see, taste, smell, touch. You prove, you've set out some constants and some variables, and you prove something based on observation and replication. That's whether or not you're trying to prove what laundry detergent works best. You're gonna try it up against some other laundry detergents over and over and over, and you're going to see if it works better. If you're trying to prove whether uh, a mouse can be trained to go through a maze to get the cheese, you're going to do it over and over and over and see if you can replicate it. And you're going to try it every day and see if that mouse is improving in its prowess to get through the maze and get the cheese. I mean, whatever you're doing, it's observation and replication. Macroevolution has never been observed, much less replicated. And so it seems to me that just from a layman's point of view, and sometimes we oversimplify things, but sometimes it's like the emperor's new clothes and we're standing back and we're saying, but I, but, but, but I don't see this. And that's what we do as Christians, as people with sense, when we look at evolution, we see that it can't be observed or replicated. And thus, we take it out of the realm of true observable science. Ernst Mayer who at one time was probably known as the Dean of Living Evolutionists. He was a longtime professor of biology at Harvard. He says that evolution is a simple fact, but he still agrees that it's a historical science. 
It's not an observable science. It's a historical science for which laws and experiments are not appropriate techniques. Well, it's the only science that's that way. One can never actually see evolution in action, and so if we're going to call it a science, we have to call it a, a historical science. It never happened in the past. Some would just say, well, evolution goes too slowly for us to see it today, so we have to go to the fossil record to see it. The fossil record should indeed, if evolution has been occurring for millions of years, it should indeed just be teeming with transitional forms, intermediate forms, fossils that are in between plants and animals. That should just be the norm in the fossil record. There ought to be a lot of true transitional structures preserved. But that, that's, that hasn't happened. With the exception of a few doubtful creatures like the controversial feathered dinosaurs and the alleged walking whales, they're not there. Oh, there have been a lot discovered in past years, but then later on, it, the discovery would be made wait. That wasn't what we thought it was at all. That was just the jawbone from a known species, or that was just the tooth of a known species. The entire history of evolution, from the evolution of life from non-life, to the evolution of vertebrates, to invertebrates, to the macroevolution of man from apes, is just completely devoid of intermediates. They're all missing in the fossil record. They are absent, just as they are in the present world. So, scientists largely then turn from the fossil record to try to talk about genetics, to try to talk about how that we have evidence of macroevolution from studying genetics. We'll talk about that a little bit in the next dig a bit because it is important, but for now, what you learn today? I hope we learned that macroevolution is not science because we don't see transitional forms around us and neither are they found in the fossil record. Very important to know as we're talking to young people. Thanks for listening. I hope you do all that you do today to the glory of God. And I hope you have the time to go outside and see some of his magnificent splendor. Have a good day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.